Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Ball Caps and Bagpipes, episode number 38, The Sea of Quantrility. I'm John McKayla of uh, the Glasgow Comets and also obviously one half of Ball Caps and Bagpipes. I am just getting caught up on the last couple of episodes that I missed, uh, the audio versions. So um, there's this one that's uh, coming up. This is an interview with uh, Ren Quantrill that was, uh, you know, it was done by Jason uh, Solo the afternoon after Crazy Aunt Tina was recorded uh, with, uh, with obviously Marina uh, from the, uh, the Teapot Breakers. Uh, so do enjoy that interview. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we're having a special lunchtime episode there. We wanted to have Ren Quantrill of the Cannons still. I'm assuming he's still occasionally yeah, playing definitely. for the Cannons. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we want to hear about his time uh, because you just, you know, you're the first person in probably 20 years that's played for the national team from Scotland. So um, we were trying to do a deep dive on this to see if we could find out who the last person was this? and i think the farthest we come back was colin smith who used to play for the glasgow stars i think he played for the under 23 team way back in the day but anyways Ren, thanks for coming on so much uh how was your time uh for gb yeah i mean thanks for having me jason uh it's cool to be here yeah like phenomenal stuff of a dream really um a goal that i've been working towards for at least two years um since since you mentioned it to me back in 2019 and i i found out about it um, and and yeah, just uh, something I've been grinding at ever since. So uh, happy to see the kind of hard work translate. So yeah, did you ever imagine this? I said we discussed um, before the show. Since you've been playing baseball for six years, did you ever imagine yourself actually making the national team and actually getting into a game? Yeah, like it, it's funny because it was always a a dream, but I, I guess nothing. I I always wanted it to come true, but actually. You got to, you know, believing it to actually come true in real life is uh, is a whole nother matter. So, uh, in, it was only in you mentioned it to me in 2019, I think, and that's when I realised that there was maybe an opportunity to, or I wanted to discover what the opportunities were. And then I went for the team that summer, um, tried to make the the European Championship Under 23 team that was going to Prague, and uh, I didn't make that. And it was from then that I uh, invested most if not all of my time in in making trying to make this team so uh, I to do that I guess you've got to believe but um actually you know I was committed to putting the work in but uh, whether it was going to pay off or not was you know out of my control so I just wanted to control what I could and um yeah it, thankfully it paid off absolutely and there was a lot of people that were helping you in the background there because you said you had to put the work in there I don't think a lot of people know how much time and effort you put into it. Uh, what you were meeting up a couple of times a week, almost four or five times a week, just playing catch to work on things. Um, you know, tell yeah. us a, a little bit how you got there, because again, you know, we're stuck here in Scotland. We're going, all right, we get two days a week and a game if we're lucky. So, you know, you know, it's, you don't get a whole lot of skills there. So you went from six years ago to when I'm playing baseball to the national team. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go probably go on and on about it, but uh, no, they're definitely, was a lot going on behind the scenes so from when you you mentioned I think March uh 2019 and then there was a trial down at Hearts uh later that month um happened to just be good timing um just talked about it then and uh I, I had a, a pretty good trial um I got into the the setup I suppose the the greater squad um and then there were a few trainings over that summer so I was playing in the the league up here I was driving down when I can um, I think Adam Murphy came down with me a couple of times 
um, to check it all out and uh, to keep me company, which is really cool. Um, and I think then that was also the time that I think Paul, I, I asked him for a key to the clubhouse to kind of get some some work in when training wasn't on, um, which I think was the first kind of step towards taking it into my own hands to recognize what I had to do to try and catch up. Because I realized that this, the way, the way stuff was with weather, with facilities that uh, I was a few steps behind um, everyone I was competing for a spot with. So it took to 2020 and actually the pandemic opened some doors, to be honest. Um, it, early on before the the legends and the NBL season started and that side of things, um, I realized that with training canceling and everything at that time, naively thought that uh, I was going to be able to go to the, the clubhouse and train there. So I kind of made, I think a week before things really shut down and I knew training was off. Uh, I turned that into kind of an inside baseball gym, had the mound in there, um, had, there was a, old bent press I had that there and uh, hitting nets and everything set up to kind of to I was like great this is so cool for as long as uh, we're shut down I'm going to have this and use it as an opportunity to get a get working when others probably aren't and um, to kind of catch up I suppose and um, anyway I couldn't do that long story short <laughs> I had about a week of doing that uh, and then I brought some of that stuff home so I had um, I yeah, nicked half the stuff in the clubhouse, brought it home because I figured no one's going to be using it anyway, so no one would know. Um, <laughs> was doing work at home just outside, and then I think it was July. Um, Jonathan Rodriguez, the bench coach for the 23s and the under 18 manager, got in touch to say that there was a he was setting up a team, there was an opening in the uh, NBL down in London, so uh, we got I yeah, started working towards that uh, with Connor Smith. Uh, we drove down together. So he's up in Aberdeen. He came, uh, stayed here the night before the night we, the day before the day we drive down. Um, I would then drive us down to London uh, for about, and then we'd play a double header on the Sunday. Sometimes we were training on the Saturday too. Um, then we'd drive back on the Monday and do that for eight weeks. So that was the, the biggest um, touch up, I guess, in like, working out what the, the differences are, tweaking things, um, getting getting to where we needed to be. Um, and then this last winter, again, in lockdown, was a lot more of the kind of uh, work, indoor, indoor work when gyms were shut. Um, couldn't meet anyone to throw with. I was throwing and taking a sock to my wrist and throwing indoors and, and lifting indoors and swinging uh, swinging just bats, dry hacks and skipping and all sorts of stuff. I got pretty creative with it. I imagine the coaches were really good about giving you stuff you know you could do on your own because, again, everyone's in the same situation. There's, there's limited resources yeah. here. There's no batting cages to rock up and see nine mile per hour fastballs to work off of there. You know, you, you know, I imagine they had quite of a, a list of things of a checklist to go, all right, if you guys work through these, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. No, absolutely. So there was a when gyms were still open, uh, Will Linton had a, an off-season workout program sorted for us, uh, which was great. I was working through that and then gyms shut down and um, I can't remember what he called it, but Jonathan Rodriguez, Gerard, uh, our, our legends coach and the GB as well, set up a group that uh, every day we had something to work on. So uh, whether it was throwing and we'd all 
record like record us throwing indoors or just to keep each other accountable for for doing it um skipping uh there were all sorts of things every day and uh, it would motivate you to seeing that your teammates are putting in the work in pretty unfavorable circumstances um you know really going for it and yeah it's kind of you force yourself to keep up even when the read about what six hours of daylight <laughs> um <laughs> couldn't see anyone and uh yeah it was times are pretty dark but it kind of uh yeah pushed you through did you find that playing baseball in scotland you were you're forced to uh, work out uh, harder and more often because again the skill level was once you head further south ultimately down to the national baseball league the, the, the competition's much higher than it is up here yeah like uh, it's uh, yeah i think definitely uh it got you kind of forced you i think something i think marina was saying last night um you got to you see that people you know it's not easy to play baseball here so you've got a you see you're surrounded by people that you can't not love to play the game where you would just stop because it's it's too much hard work <laughs> to um to get you know to to really try and try and play so i think that kind of built up uh from when i was 16 and and first came down to play it, you i had developed that kind of mentality that um if you want to if you want it was already in in me to to play if you want to play you've got to really throw yourself at it and give it 100% and um i yeah I, I like to say that kind of paved the way to to what happened last week absolutely and i, I obviously imagine that playing for the legends uh got some eyes on you as you can see your development go with j-rod obviously and drew spencer and they, and they can feed back on that and go you know what he's really coming on now and um i imagine that really helped you know let them know that you've developed as a player well that was the the other half of it so half of the inter I wanted to go down because to to I mean meet the people that I'd hopefully be playing with um yeah the it's the highest level of baseball in the UK so that's no bad thing um trying to in, in be a better baseball player but also the uh the accessibility to uh, coaches playing under their um their eyes every day or every day I would play um they'd be seeing me they makes it so much easier i suppose to to get noticed because you're right yeah right there in front of them so uh, it was a combination of those three things that really motivated me to to get in the car every week how did they break the news that you'd made the team uh, i just come back from just come back from a training at farnham park um got back to to where my my dad was staying and um i found i'd had a, a message when i was on the uh, the tube from from Drew Spencer and uh i just got in the door and uh opened it up and uh to a really nice message from him congratulating me and uh yeah i was yeah pretty pretty emotional when that i got that and you guys get all right because i know he's an A's fan and you've been a giants fan you know <laughs> yeah we 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 can put it we can put it aside we can put it aside <laughs> No, Drew's a great guy there. So, um, so right. So, so tell us about the trip. Like you said, obviously it, it was a lot to plan for. You guys played. It was five games. You guys played. Yeah, we played five games uh, from the Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the the bronze medal match on Saturday. We were in. Yeah. So walk us through a typical game day for you. I know we touched on it before the show there, but I don't think people realize when you play at the elite level of baseball how much preparation goes into a game. Yeah. So we. I, games are a different time, so it was kind of harder to um, 
not every day was quite the same. Uh, but I, I guess the day, the day that I got into this, so the the Italy game, the uh, the third of our the final group game we had. Uh, we we woke up at breakfast, um, and then at about I, I I can't remember exactly, but it was uh, trying to fill time with naps, kind of rest up and and keep your keep your energy levels for the evening, even though you don't feel tired, but you know you're going to need to to kind of keep it going and um the mental kind of being drained meant you don't want to drain yourself mentally as well as physically with baseball so um that was something especially at this level for the first time i wanted to try and uh, um to maintain and, and not kind of there was so much going on that i didn't want to overwhelm myself with it uh which i think i did the first day for sure the the game against france i was it was a blur i was all over the place um chaos but uh yeah the the uh, the game against Italy. So we had a we had hitters meetings, pitchers meetings, um, trying to work you know work out our approach for the day, our approach and working out who what we were going to face, try and prepare ourselves as much as possible. The the coaches have done an amazing job trying to. But I mean, for me, maybe college guys, this is what they 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 know happens on the like daily with college, but um, we don't get that up here, <laughs> scouting reports and whatnot. So uh, yeah, we were trying to prepare ourselves in the best way possible, um, which in itself was an amazing experience to to be exposed to um, to that going through yeah, our approach. And then uh, we got the, I want to say maybe for an 8.30 game, just half five, I think we got the bus um, to the field. And then, uh, yeah, we'd get there, warm up, take batting practice, um, throw, uh, and then in bat, I mean, in batting practice, you know, you're some you're fielding, base running, um, and your approach to BP as well, um, working on those sort of things. Um, yeah, then final kind of touch-ups before the game, infield, outfield, uh, then jerseys on, and uh, lining up for the anthem. So, uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, by the time I think we had we got back in a dinner in a restaurant at half midnight, maybe by the time we'd we'd kind of got back and. Uh, dropped our bags off so it was a it ends up being a full day a full day affair for um well what could be a three-hour game you, you invest the whole day in it absolutely it's not like driving an hour to glasgow and playing catch for 20, 10 minutes and all of a sudden play the <laughs> for game sure there. for sure it's a, a different type of adjustment for sure absolutely so i think you know you said we'll, we'll touch on uh on your day you actually played against Italy there. What was it like to put the uniform on and step onto the field for that first time and hear the national anthem for you? Yeah, so I mean, that happened, the, the first experience of that was against France on the, the Tuesday morning. Um, so they, we were all lining up and singing out and we definitely, uh, the anthem got, we got louder with it as the week went on, uh, made a point of a point of that, but uh, crazy. I mean, the France game was a blur for me, like completely um, chaotic. I'm just trying to even BP. I, I knew I wasn't even playing. I wasn't wasn't close to to the field, but just the, the whole experience was kind of weightless, and um, I can't remember any of it. So I think we I think we won three nothing. So there's there's <laughs> that. I, that was uh, that's what I remember from it. But apart from that, as the uh, the week went on, um, you know, it was able to kind of ingest it more and and live in the moment and uh appreciate what i was doing but the the italy game um i came in i want to say the, the what was it third the third inning i think i came into the game uh in right field so 
there, and that was under the under the lights as well. So there was a couple of first experiences, uh, and I just remember the. I mean, there was a good crowd there as well um, behind home plate. So it was just ridiculous. The I remember just looking down, and the, we were in our home whites, so uh, the jerseys were just popping the the white under the the floodlights, and um, that I mean from that's all I can really all I can really remember now. I vividly remember the the white of the jerseys just popping under the floodlights. That's interesting. I, I would have not even thought about that because I'm used to playing under lights there. But of course, there's nowhere to play li- under lights here. I played all no. my games under lights in high school. So yeah, so it, it's a completely different ball game as well. It's, it's hard to actually pick the ball up if you haven't done it before. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, what happens when the ball goes, you know, up above the lights or through the lights when you're trying to track it, um, it's com- yeah, completely different. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I, a ball never came my way, so I'll uh, I'll let you know if I ever <laughs> experience it again what it's like to actually catch a ball. But um, yeah, just uh, a kind of crazy, crazy environment. I guess I, I've spoken about it with uh, my mom coming back because she's the the kind of person that would be hiding behind the sofa. Um, but even if I was in the game, I don't think she even could barely watch. But you know, I for me, I prefer being there and 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 doing it. Like I'd rather be on the field than than watching it. So um, it was weird. You kind of everything else kind of felt like otherwise it was just a baseball game. Yeah. I, or try, I was trying to make it just a baseball game and not not be overwhelmed in the in the environment. So I I felt pretty yeah, like say pretty pretty calm, uh, as calm as I could be. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you step onto that field and you and you throw the ball on a few times there, and then the first pitch is thrown, it's just a baseball game, right? Yep. And you gotta, yeah, you gotta remind, and that's what the guys who uh, have played at that level or play college baseball had uh, said to me before I went into the game. You know, don't don't change anything. It's it's exactly what you know. Um, you know, you're here for you're here for a reason. You've already you know proved that part. So to go and Go and just have fun. But I think that the saying all that, the part I was most nervous coming in, um, just kind of throwing the ball in the outfield, I was just stressed to to overthrow my center fielder. So uh, thankfully, I didn't overthrow Canard, but uh, that was the most nervous part. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Even if you make that first year, then you've at least got it out of the way. You don't have to worry about it there. You know. Yeah. It's... Well, I've yeah, that's still ahead of me. So, uh, well, fingers crossed it isn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But yes, it, it's, it's one of those things where yeah, you, you just go. It's just the ball game, and went there. I mean, what was it like standing into the batter's box? You know, all, all of a sudden you had this guy. I'm, I'm assuming he's probably throwing mid eighties. You know. And... Yeah, I think uh, I think I heard we had guys doing. Um, getting uh, on the radar gun behind home plate. I think he hit 88. Um, so, yeah, it was, it sped up in me quite quick. <laughs> there's no <laughs> way, there's, you know, he did, there's, I kind of went in and was, I was pretty, it was my, my one up out of the week and I was pretty certain, well, I didn't want to take it for granted and think there was going to be another one. So, um, I wanted to make the most of it. But the first, yeah, my first, first pitch was, I, I given what we knew of their their guys, and I knew that they would think nothing of me. So uh, I didn't think they were going to kind of beat around the bush, and they were going to come after me. They we lost to Mercy Rule that game anyway, so we were down ten there. It was two outs, bottom five. So this was I was the last batter of the game. Uh, if I got out, um, which I did, <laughs> <Spoiler>. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, I, I knew first pitch, fastball, I was pretty confident that was going to come my way. So, um, and I just promised myself I'd swing and uh, it was pretty ugly. I'm glad that the, the camera was quite pixelated because hopefully no one can pick it up. But uh, that was that was ugly. And then uh, I, I remember kind of laughing to myself then. And, and at that point, I was like, you know, I'm going to give it my best shot and what comes comes my way. Um, but I fouled off the next pitch. Um, figured a, something else was going to come because I touched a fastball then. Uh, there was a, I think, slider curve in the dirt. Um, so that was the fourth pitch, 2-2, two, two, and then uh, I grounded the second baseman. So I felt I wanted to see as many pitches as I could, but getting to 0-2 quite quickly was, yeah, I didn't want to go down on, on, on three pitches. That wasn't going to be so fun. Not a good story. <laughs> I like said, you know, he, he obviously went after you. He, he threw two in the dirt, so you know he, he obviously respected you a little bit there. Well, yeah, pff, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'd like to like to think so, but yeah, I just wanted to make him work and and see as much as I could of it, um, make it last as long as possible, and um, and then yeah, just try and make an AB of it, which uh, I'd like to think I like to think I did. Yeah, I absolutely did. Like I said, you know, you, you got to step on the field. You got to place in right field. You got to bat out of it and you made him work for it. And I think you did your job. Yeah, that was, that was my aim. And uh, I, yeah, I knew, knew, I knew going into it what the, uh, you know, having never seen uh, anything nearly as quick as that before, um, you know, I, I knew it was going to be tough as it was. So just take the most of it and, and go from there. Yeah, it's different when you can hear the ball and not see the ball. <laughs> Yeah, it could. Yeah, it caught off me quick. Um, caught off me quick, but yeah, it was a great experience. I, I remember laughing about it, and um, I think the Italians had some fun as well. Uh, turns out they were, you know, all kind of sorting and and stuff in the dugout. So um, yeah, they they had a bit of fun about it. I had a bit of fun with it, and yeah, it was a good experience. I'll never it, forget it. Absolutely, and it's the highest GBs placed in the what last. Decade, two decades, if not now. Uh, at the 23s level, the highest ever. Um, highest ever, okay. At the 23s level, yeah. So uh, we came fourth. They came, I want to say, fifth in 2019. Right. Um, so we're climbing the ladder. So, uh, yeah, a medal medal next time round is, is the goal. Uh, it was the goal this time, but, um, yeah, next time we're, we're going to try to secure it. Absolutely. I think Drew's done a good job of setting those goals for the team and you guys have actually been achieving it. I think it's been a really nice thing to see in my two decades of here of, of how ball is going there and, you know, having someone like yourself to root for and see that you guys are doing so well is fantastic. Yeah. Like the, uh, we all, uh, there was a lot of, I mean, obviously this is my first go, go at it, but I watched the games in 2019 um, and they beat the Dutch then. And I think the, there's been a, growing not that the the desire wasn't there before then but um all, we were all aware of what we you know wanted to make people not not uh not underestimate the gb program and um, and i think the the consensus is that that's we we made people now take us seriously there was a lot you know we were aware of especially early on when uh, teams had their full pitching staff available um and they didn't throw their their ace at us we were like, you know, mistake because you're underestimating what we we have, and uh, we were able to take advantage of that going two and zero through the first two games. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that that now going forward people take us seriously, and um, yeah, we can keep keep rising. Absolutely, there. So, uh, so are we going to see you go to uni, uh, get your masters in the states, so you can get your eligibility over there and get some balls there. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've I've no idea. I want to keep keep. Uh, I've got yeah one more year of uni here, and um, I mean yeah, I guess I have to figure out what I want to do after that. But um, no, I want to keep taking it as far as you know, take lot take steps that um that are achievable and um, keep pushing myself and and seeing where where I end up. Uh, I don't want to slow down. I'm still still young enough to to make a push for it. So make a push for whatever's you know whatever's in the future. And so I, I saw a few of the pictures from the nights out there. Who won the ugly shirt contest? Because there were some ugly ones there. You know, I don't know. We ever we ever came to came to that. Um, we took we had a couple of photos and uh, had had dinner, but I don't think it ever came to a, a contest. Uh, there were some pretty pretty awful ones. Struggling to write through them now. I haven't seen the photo in a while, um, but it was funny because this, I guess, is also kind of awkward because someone's ugly shirt is someone's good shirt. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no one, no one wanted to be come up with any uh, too many opinions on them. I guess. Fantastic. So, what's in the future for you, Ren? Are you, are you uh, back in Edinburgh to play, help the Cannons win the Caledonian Cup, uh, or what, are you going back down south to keep on playing down there? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm actually, I'm missing the the NBL playoffs that the um, my t- the team I'm with the London Legends uh, they they clinch a spot the fourth spot so they're in the the playoffs this weekend so big hats off to uh, to Matt Moran and leading us through there um, so yeah we're playing the London Mets this Saturday uh, so they're first place we're fourth place but we've beaten them once this year so. Uh, Who's to say we can't do it again? So fingers fingers crossed we can um, the boys can come through. But I'm isolating for that, so I can't get down there. Um, but I'll be back ready to go for the first round of the Scottish playoffs, um, the 12th. Oh so, yes, um, that's the short term, and then the long term. Um, yeah, I've got one more year of uni. Um, I'm not sure what what that means for with dissertations and things next spring. Um, where I can play and then when I graduate uh, we'll have to see but uh, I want to see I think there's a chance I can maybe squeeze onto the I'll just be young enough to squeeze onto the 23s roster if I'm selected for it in two years time so uh, if that is the case the goal resets and um, I'll go again for that as I did two years ago um, and try my that again and and hopefully get a start and and have a bit more time on the field if I keep improving um and and fingers crossed we we place on the on the podium so that's the that's the kind of short long-term goal I guess brilliant Ren thanks so much uh, thanks for coming on Ren it's been brilliant to hear about your experience with playing for GP and congratulations you're the first player in two decades to make the team uh we're all rooting for you yeah no thank you so much it's uh been been so much fun and um yeah i can't wait to try and try and do it again sometime brilliant all right well hopefully we'll see you down to calorie cup in two weeks time and uh take care everyone we'll be on the normal time next tuesday at nine o'clock as per usual uh and i believe we have someone from uh the galaxy on but we don't know who yet so all right guys take care thanks for tuning in for the lunchtime special lunchtime episode with ren